Welcome to the sermon cast from King Road Church. It's our desire that God uses this message to bring you closer to Him. If you'd like to pray with someone, speak with one of our pastors, or if you're looking for more resources, please go to kingroad.ca, scroll down on the homepage, and fill out the Reach Out fillable. Thanks for joining us. Enjoy the message. If you have your Bible with you, would you turn with me to Matthew chapter 12, verses 46 to 50. Matthew chapter 12, verses 46 to 50. We're wrapping up our series on Matthew. I'm also going to say that uh, in Punjabi for those of us who are here or Urdu, they can track along with me. So Matthew chapter 12, verses 46 to 50. See, that sounded like German to you. <laughs> okay, so I'll be reading from the NIV. While Jesus was still talking to the crowd, his mother and brother stood outside. Wanting to speak to him, someone told him, your mother and brothers are standing outside, wanting to speak to you. He replied to him, who is my mother and who are my brothers? Pointing to his disciples, he said, here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. This is the word of the Lord. Let me pray for us. Father, we're grateful for this opportunity to come at the foot of the cross and learn and study your word. We ask that would you by your spirit speak to me, speak to us, and to accomplish your purpose. Would you encourage and convict and challenge us through your word. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Have you ever told someone to do something that you don't do it yourself? I want you to imagine that you're a family gathering. Just, just think about just, just your Sunday afternoon where you're having soup and buns. The whole family's gathered together, which is common. Many of you are going to do that after the service. And you have this one child who's always on his or her phone. Using their phone just like that, going around and all that stuff. And mother comes around, put this thing down and talk to the people who are present here. Okay, mom, I'll do that. Well, it doesn't take long. A couple minutes later, mom herself ends up doing the same thing. And the child comes by, says, you should practice what you preach. <laughs> Ouch. That, that would hurt. You see, as followers of Jesus, we are told to practice what we preach. I say this because Jesus demonstrated that. We see that in his teaching and Sermon on the Mount, when he was teaching the crowd, Jesus said that I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. And we see Jesus practicing this when he was on the cross in Luke 23, verse 34. Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they're doing. He's practicing what he taught. 
Again, in Matthew 10, 37, we see Jesus saying this, anyone who loves their father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Anyone who loves their son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And we see Jesus practicing that in the passage that I just read in Matthew chapter 12, verse 46 to 50. The outline is pretty simple this morning. Family ties assumed, family ties questioned, and the true family revealed. Family ties assumed, family ties questioned, and the true family revealed. First, family ties assumed, verse 46 and 47. While Jesus was still talking to the crowd, his mother and brother stood outside wanting to speak to him. Someone told him, your mother and brothers are standing outside wanting to speak to you. The impression Matthew gives us here that the family had this right, this priority that they can come and interrupt him anytime they want. Even though he's teaching, they felt like they can come and do that. It hap has happened to me. I'm sure it has happened to you several times. My seven years old daughter, when she was four, I was up on stage hosting the service. She comes up crying and running because she wanted to be with daddy. Daddy! What's up? And she would just stand next to me, hold my hand. That's all. And you go like, man, no one else had this courage to do this. Only the family can do that. Or just two weeks ago, I was writing my final exam to finish my master's. So I was writing this exam, and my daughter did the same one. She comes, and she goes like, Daddy, play with me. I said, well, Phoenix, let me, let me finish this, and then I'll play with you. And she goes like this, Daddy, what's more important, your daughter or your exam? <laughs> Ouch, that hurts. Of course you are more important. You see, I tell you these because as a family, you have these expectations that you can interrupt, you can expect for them to do certain things whenever you want. And, and that's what we see Jesus' family doing that. That while he was still talking to the crowd, his mother and brother stood outside wanting to speak to him. Now, it appears that at this point, Joseph, Jesus' earthly father, has passed away because we don't read much about him. So it's just Mary, Jesus' mother, and his brothers. And we often see, well, did Jesus have brothers? Yes. We see that in Matthew chapter 13, verse 55. We read this, is not this the carpenter's son? Is not his mother called Mary? And are not his brothers James and Joseph and Simon and Judas? And are not all his sisters with us? Jesus had a family, and they thought they could come and interrupt him. He's in the middle of talking, but they're still standing outside. They could not get in because Jesus is meeting in the house, and the crowd is there. And because of the size of the crowd, the family could not get in. Therefore, they sent someone to go, hey, tell, we're outside. But what's the significance of them being outside and not being inside? Well, at this point in Jesus' ministry, Jesus' own friend, friends and family did not believe in him. 
Therefore, the reference to the image that we get that they are not part of the spiritual family yet. They're standing outside. They, they can't be part of his family. But you should ask this question, what was their purpose of being there? Why were they standing outside wanting to speak to him? The answer is found in Mark chapter 3, 21. Mary and Jesus' brothers are there to take him home for rest and safety. Why? Because according to Mark 3.21, he was labeled as crazy. He's gone mad. He's out of his mind, they said. But Matthew does not say that Mary thought of her son at this point as someone who lost his mind. Though he was unusual than other brothers, but we do not see that. And yet we see that Mary and his brothers are out there wanting to speak to him. Because they thought they had this right to come and interrupt him. Don't, don't we have this right that we can do this? I was at a wedding, at a friend's wedding yesterday. And when the parents are giving the speech, uh, it was a Romanian friend and mother, because apparently in the Romanian tradition, mother has a lot more power over the groom. And she said, she said this line that stuck to me. I thought that was pretty good. I'm going to use that for tomorrow. She said, by the way, I am the groom's mother. Is that right, Ryan? Ryan was there. She, she said, I am the groom's mother. So later I talked to the dad. Well, what was the significance of that? Well, because in some families in Romanian culture, the mother is the highlight. Mother is the, 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 the center of attention instead of the groom. So she wanted to make sure she's the one stealing the show there. See, they thought they can come and interrupt him because they have this relationship. But Jesus, when we, when we read the next few verses, we see that it doesn't work out that well. So family ties assumed, family ties questioned. Verse 48. So Mary and Jesus, Mary and Jesus' brother at this time wanted to speak to him. And they sent someone, hey, can you tell him that your mother and brothers are outside? I'm just thinking about that as a mother. Wouldn't you expect your child to come out right away when you send a message? Right? But what we read here, Jesus replied, Verse 48, who's my mother and who are my brothers? See, the allegiance and respect to one's family were emphasized in the Jewish tradition at the time. And still in a lot of the cultures. And when his listeners hear this, they're shocked. How could this man say this about his family? Who are they? Who's my mother and who's my brother? Just imagine Mary's reaction finding this out. When Jesus comes home, how dare you to to question our relationship? Don't you remember that I carried you in my mother in my womb for nine months? I suffered for you. I faced all sorts of troubles. I ran for my life. And then you say, who's my mother? 
And they just think about the brothers, like, dude, what were you thinking? Like, we were there to help you, to make sure you're safe. But they didn't understand all of this because, they, because of their unbelief. Just, just imagine you send, you send a message for your child and say like, hey, tell him to come out because your mother is outside. And if the child doesn't come out and say that question, well, who's my mother? Well, it's not going to be a good day, just so you know. Right? It will get dark really quick. It'll be bedtime. That, that's the kind of like, that the irony we see here. But they, they're not understanding this because Jesus is totally talking about a different family. That's why he's questioning their relationship because they thought they could have preference because of their family ties. Jesus wasn't completely rejecting or being dismissive of his family. We see that in, in Jesus' teaching and, and the way Jesus honors his mother. Because we read, what's the fifth commandment? Honor your father and mother. But do you ever realize that? Why is that in the middle? The first four are about who? God. And, and the honor your father and mother, it's right in the middle. And, and then the, you got the other five, what are they about? They're about your relationship with one another. So in other words, it's placed there for, for a reason that it is your parents who play a key role in one's life to teach you about God and about how to live with one another. So Jesus is fulfilling the fifth commandment while he's on the cross. He looks at his mother. What does he say? Behold your mother to John. And then he tells John, who's there at the foot of the cross, John, take care of my mother because I am on the cross. I cannot do this, but I want you to take care of my mother. Jesus is doing that. He's demonstrating the care. So therefore, when Jesus is questioning, he's not being disrespectful in any way. He's just rather using this opportunity to teach them about the true family of God. And yet, they don't understand at this point. So family ties assumed, family ties questioned, and lastly, the true family revealed. Jesus proceeds to answer his own question, and he accompanies it with the action by stretching out his hand. He said, here are my mother and my brothers. What Jesus is doing here, that the moment you surrender your life to Christ, there's this unavoidable separation between family and God. That if you want to follow Christ, you will be separated from your family. Just think, think for a moment. A Muslim or a Sikh or Hindu or anyone else from any other faith comes to know Christ, they're kicked out of their family. Because they put their faith in Christ. But then who becomes their family? You. The church. 
becomes the family. And therefore, Jesus is pointing out his hand, stretching verse 49 and 50. He says, pointing to his disciple, he said, Here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. By the way, do you see who comes outside the, the, the door of were Jesus teaching? Mother and brothers. But Jesus also inserting here in, the, in verse 50, that whoever does the will of my father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. There's no mention of sister in, in, the, the first, in verse 46 there. Because the Jewish rabbi, they thought that only men could be the disciples. But Jesus is breaking all of those barriers that were set to, to make sure whoever, anyone, regardless of the gender or race or skin color, anyone, whoever believes in him can become part of God's family. That's what he's saying. So whoever simply means anyone who repents and puts their faith in Christ can become part of the family. There's no race. There's no color, no language. None of that. Just look around you. The people sitting beside you, behind you, in front of you, are they your biological family? No. And yet... You're sitting here all together from different skin color, different language, different background, all of that, sitting under one roof, redeemed by one God who's father of all. We are worshiping him, the king of kings. That's the beauty of the gospel. That's what Jesus is pointing to here. That my true family is the one who does the will of the Father, meaning the one who obeys, the one who surrenders his or her life to him can become part of God's family. Those of you been to different countries and you didn't know anyone, whether you're vacationing or visiting a different country, you show up there and it's Sunday and you're like, man, I don't know anyone. And yet you show up in a Bible-believing, Christ-following church, you immediately feel at home, don't we? What's something in common we have there? Christ. Because through him, we become one big family. That's what Jesus is pointing out to here. And we see that that, that, that was prophesied and Jesus teaching here in Isaiah, in Isaiah as well. And we see that Jesus tells that the people of Egypt and Assyria, they will all come to worship him. Why? Because they all redeemed and bought by the blood of Jesus. Hebrews 2.11 says this, For he who sanctifies... And those who are sanctified all have one source. That is why he's not ashamed to call them brothers and sister. So Jesus said that the true disciples are those who obey the Father. Craig Keener in his commentary writes this. He said the family relationship, family relationship in the ancient world were often defined by hierarchy. 
even more than by kinship ties. So that wives and especially children are expected to obey the father of the household. Jesus can thus define his mother, brothers, and sisters are those who obey the father. So gender boundaries, racial boundaries, and social backgrounds, all are broken down by Jesus. And we can all become part of God's family through faith in him. If you had allegiance to a specific group, and they're not Christian, what do you do? You start to pray for them. And even though you probably didn't like them before, the moment they put their faith in Christ, you learn to get along. You learn to come along and sit under one roof. So the purpose, Jesus saying all of this, he said, the moment you become Christian, you have brothers and sisters around the globe who look different than you, yet they're part of this one big family. He's welcoming into his family, not just the Jews, but the Gentiles also. That they all are redeemed by the blood of Jesus. Just think about this for a moment. Ever since you became a Christian, you started to pray for somebody else. Even though you don't have any relationship with them. Why do you do that? Because Christ's love compels you. Because you're part of this family. You pray for the persecuted brothers and sisters around the world, don't you? What compels you to do that? The love of God, because we're all one family. You, you make progies at the MCC sale and you make blankets and sell them. Why do you do all of that stuff? Why? You don't know those people. Many of you praying for the people in Ukraine right now, why are you doing that? Because we're all part of this one big family through Christ that compels us to pray for them and to look out for them. And that's why Jesus is teaching this. He's like the true family is the one who obeys the Father, who does the will of the Father. The by grace, through faith in Christ, one can become part of the family. Therefore, we can come and sing. We're all from different languages, different tribes, and all of backgrounds, and yet we are here singing. That's the beauty of the gospel, and that's what Jesus is teaching here. Because your heart's transformed, therefore you're compelled to love and pray for those. Charles Spurgeon said this once. He said that, Every doer of the Father's will is thereby proved to be a true disciple, and he is to Jesus as near as brother, as dear as sister, as much cared for as mother. 
The real spiritual family of Jesus includes all who follow him. The question this morning is, are you part of God's family? And if not, would you like to be part of God's family? See, we're going to celebrate communion in a in few minutes. And it's a family meal, meaning those who put their faith in Christ can take part and come to the table. Just imagine with me here, just imagine that there's a big table set up, there's a feast on the table. And if you're not part of the family, you're standing outside the door wanting to come in, but you can't. You're wishing to be there, but there's still space at the table for you. Would you keep standing out there and, and just hope to come in? Or would you come in and ask Jesus to be your Lord and Savior? See, through faith in Christ, you can come and be at the table. It's, it's just a simple invitation. You don't need to be standing outside the door hoping to come in. So are you part of God's family? I want us to do, to do this. Normally we don't do this because it relates to family, especially the family of God. I want us to have opportunity. If anyone here, I want you to close your eyes. No one looks at anyone. I want you to close your eyes. If you have not put your faith in Christ, this is the opportunity for you to become part of God's family through faith in Him. You might be on the fence. Why well, don't have all the answers? None of us do. Well, I want you to have this opportunity that if you want to become part of God's family, you can stand up now and you can pray with me and talk to one of the pastors after this. I want you to also know that praying this prayer does not make you Christian. It's keep growing in your faith and keeping that faith till the end makes you part of God's family. So if anyone here this morning would like to be part of God's family, stand up on your feet. No, there's no shame in that. And you can pray and ask Jesus to come into your heart. And you can say this, Jesus, thank you that you died for me. Thank you that you made a place at the table for me. I thank you that I can come and become part of your family. Come in my heart, Jesus. I'm sorry for all I have done. Would you forgive me? It's through this prayer you can come and be part of his family. So Father, we thank you for your grace. We thank you for your word. We thank you for what you've done on the cross for us. 
we ask that as we ponder upon, upon this truth, that through faith in you, we have been given the right to be part of your family. Would you help us to look around and rejoice that we're one big family who love Jesus and worship him? Would you do your work in our hearts that will continue to pray for those who are not part of your family yet? That would you draw them to you as well? We praise you for your spirit that works in and through us. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen.